Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely loving it. And I know another man who's been absolutely loving it. Long days, but this is exactly what he lives for. It's Michael Guerin. And we've dialed him up. We've got hold of him, probably from some sort of establishment somewhere, or maybe a pub or something. Mick, how are you doing? Uh, boys, nice to talk to you, and nice to talk to all our, our listeners back home. It's um, It's been a really big week, fellas. I'll be honest with you, it's not an easy week, Ascot, um, for those who don't understand some of the parameters of it. And, and good morning to you, the listeners, and of course to Matt. Um, it's an, about an hour and a half out of London, so it's an hour on the train, but you've got to get to the train station. So if you're in the Royal Enclosure and you need a top hat and tails, it's, it, it's a lot. So by the time you put your top hat and tails on, so think putting on a suit if you're in Auckland or if you're in Christchurch, putting on your suit, and then if you're in Christchurch, going to Ashburton, or if you're in Auckland, going to Pukakaui for Karakamillion Day. And then once you get there, the only way to describe it is very much like the Melbourne Cup. It's very intense. There's queues and people and all sorts of things. And it's very magical once you're there. But then, imagine this, you've had a couple of drinks. Um, I wasn't drinking this week because I was working, but most people are. And then you've got to get back on the train to go back because Ascot's a tiny little place. And there's only one road in and one road out. So if you're driving there, what's an hour's drive can take two hours. So most people get the train. We went on Ladies' Day on Thursday, and there were 70,000 people there, and maybe 50,000 caught the train. <laughs> so wow. you can imagine, uh, after oh. seven or eight hours of, shall we say, socialising, what the Ascot train station, which is literally about 15 metres long, because obviously most people never go to Ascot. Well, Ascot, to give you an idea of how big it would be, it would be way smaller than my hometown of Greymouth. And then 70,000 people rock up for the day. So it's, it's, as I said, fellas, the racing's amazing, but I want people to understand the experience. There's nothing easy about going, and it's such an incredible place when you're there. But after the last race, which is 6.20, so it's the same program every night, after the last race, everybody goes across to the car parks. So imagine you're at Ellerslie or Rickerton, and you go to the car park, and you don't party for half an hour, then head to town. People party for three or four hours because it's summer here, and it's daylight to about 10 o'clock at night. In fact, it's 10 o'clock now, and it's just getting dark. So people party in their top hats and tails. By this stage, they've been in them for 12 hours. And then they've got to get back on the train for an hour and go back to central London. So it's a very long day, and of course, there's five of them back-to-back, and I was leaving Ascot last night with my brother Barry and, and Andrew Forsman, the trainer from Cambridge. And I was like, 70,000 people are leaving here. How are they possibly, possibly going to have this in pristine condition for tomorrow morning? And guess what? It was pristine because Ascot very much is. We rocked up here this morning. So it's an amazing, amazing place. It's so hard to get your head around it on so many levels. And then there's the horse racing.
Mm. The racing's been unbelievable, Mick. And just so everybody knows, Matt, I mean, Mick's perception is completely warped because he lives in Parnell and everything he does in his life is two minutes away. But people actually do commute to work, Mick, so uh, they do understand the concept of having to train to work and travel. Well, that's okay. I understand this is very much a, a different world to, for you, uh, jumping on public transport, but I'm glad that you're doing it. I'm glad you're experiencing it. And are you going back Ooh. to the races for the final day? Please tell me you're going back. You're braving it. No, I'm, go- I'm going tomorrow, so I've spent a bit of time this week with James McDonald, and James's best chance of the week, he's had a second so far, is Artorias in the uh, Queen Elizabeth II Jubilee stakes tomorrow. So it's a million pounds, so roughly two million New Zealand dollars. And that's his best chance of the week. So I'm definitely going tomorrow to cover it for the Herald in case he does win, because not many New Zealanders of any sporting ilk win two million dollar sporting events. And, and it is a, a, a the Saturday is a far more public day because obviously the other days of the week are work days so lots of normal people can't go so tomorrow boys after five days like you think cup week in christchurch and matt i know when you look at cup week in christchurch just how crazy busy it is for you and we get maybe twenty thousand people at rickerton times that by three and a half with the royal enclosure having twelve thousand alone just the royal enclosure which is the top hat and tails only area uh, and then they've all got to get back. It really is a crazy-ass day tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun, but you can just see the exhaustion on people's faces. And, and that includes the jockeys, the trainers, the handlers, everybody. Um, boys, it's, it's, it's an incredible place because when you're there, it's one of the few places in the world where you'll be walking around and five metres away, like literally five metres away, is the king. And in a, in a normal human day that never happens and the king walks past and you go oh that's king and then you keep going <laughs> because like punters you want to back the winner of the next and you don't really care what the king's doing and the king won a race here on thursday so he um he owned a winner and the crowd went berserker because the poms loved their king a lot of them <laughs> and it was really amped up and then frankie de tory won the ascot gold cup which is the race of the week and they love frankie it was just one of those weird days where the really Englishy English people were absolutely in the element of walking around and saying things like, oh, that was wonderful for the king. And you're like, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> so it was a very... Hey, we should have got him on for the owner's segment. We, we should have got Charlie up. Why didn't we dial Charlie up? Well, boy, it, it, it's, it's really funny because... It's like a piss take in a movie. So people come up to you and say things like, oh, hello, how are you? Where are you from? And you're like, are you taking the piss? Because but that's how they actually speak. <laughs> but in New Zealand, if anybody says that to you, they're taking the mickey. So it's, it's very humorous. The racing's really high standard. Um, the one thing that's happened this week, and this is important for today's punting or overnight, because the, uh, the QE2 Jubilee is race three overnight, about 2.40 tomorrow morning, is... The track has played to the inside for the first three days. No one's come down the outside apart from uh, a winner on the third day owned Docklands. by OTI Thoroughbred. Yeah, Docklands. Yeah, Docklands and Terry Henderson. So we come down the outside and, and they paid 18000 for an OTI and it's now worth a million pounds. That's oh what I've been offered for Hong Kong. But, but, but what the problem is today on the Friday, they were coming down the outside a lot more and the reason I'm telling you this is Artorias has drawn barrier six. And I think the inside will be off tomorrow. 
and the outside will be where they're going to go. And Highfield Princess and Wellington, who's an all-too-hard horse trained out of Hong Kong, they're drawn out wide. So that's really, I spoke to James last night, that's really, really not what he wanted to see happening. Because he's on the inside and the track's now off on the inside and the track was off on the inside all week and he couldn't get there. So um, as much as I think Artorias might be the best horse in the race, um, he hasn't been suited by what's unfolded in the last about 36 hours boards. Brand, does, does J-Mac just get a chopper in and out, is, or does he have to get in the queues like everybody no, else? He stays in Windsor. He stays in Windsor, so he stays out there. Um, his wife, Caitlin, with him. And Sir Peter Valor, who runs New Zealand Bloodstock, he stays in Windsor. So a lot of people who have been doing this for a long time stay in Windsor, which would be like staying in Pukki if you're going to correct a million at Pukki. So it's no hassle for them. A lot of the jockeys will do that. They'll get a house there for the week or they'll stay in New, new Market and then drive down. It's, it's a lot closer. Um, but, yeah, if you're staying in London, like there was in so many Aussies and a few Kiwis staying in London, like, Brand, it's a big day. Like, it's a really, really big day at the office. And then once you get there, probably the thing we've noticed is the variety of racing is greatly different from back home. I mean, at Rickett and Cup Week, take the New Zealand Cup out of play, and you might race from 1,000 metres for the Pegasus to 2,500 for the Metropolitan. The New Zealand Cup's obviously two miles. But here, they raced 1,010 metres today, and they raced 4,000 metres for the Gold Cup. So you have, well, the horse who won the last race on Tuesday is a hurdler. He's actually a hurdler called Waban, and he's now like $11 for the Melbourne Cup. So it's really hard for Kiwis to get their head around the fact that this horse hurdles, but it's yeah. also just hacked up and won by 11 lengths. So, Mick, so you have these races oh, where there's, there's quite fast horses and there's some really slow horses who can just run for an awfully long time. I I was telling you when we were messaging, Mick. I, I have been get, I've gotten into it way more than I ever have, and it's in part because Sticko's been firing through a couple of tip sheets. So I've been reading those, and I've been trying to do my own version of form and and watching the replays in the morning. I've absolutely loved it. Like I guess the the thing that struck me, and I've never watched every single race previously. The thing that strikes me is they've got seven races a day, five races in a row, probably one or two group one races a day, and then five of the seven races are usually group races of some kind. They have multiple Phillies two-year-old races from 1,000 to 1,200. They've got multiple three-year-old staying races. They've got a, a whole bunch of handicaps, straight miles where you've got 32 horses in them. Then they have these big staying races, and then they've got, obviously got the Gold Cup. One thing that I've realised is... This must be 90% of a trainer and connections focus for a whole year trying to find the right horse to place it in the right race. It's almost like a whole season of racing is condensed into a week and if you can find the right race from your horse, well, you're half a genius. Well, you're right. And one of the key factors is this. Like I've been to the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Last year, the Melbourne Cup, I had a horse in the race after the Melbourne Cup. And I wasn't tremendously excited it was Melbourne Cup Day. It's, it, it's kind of exciting. But if you have a horse who wins on New Zealand Galloping Cup Day, it's kind of cool, but it doesn't change your life. You have a Royal Ascot winner, it is a massive deal. So Terry Henderson, who owned Choken, who won the New Zealand Cup, his own Doremus, who won a Melbourne Cup, and is one of the biggest owners in Australasia, had his first ever Royal Ascot winner yesterday. And he was beside himself because it's just so hard. 
And you think, well, how can it be that hard? First of all, it's hard to get in there. Secondly, there's 30 horse races. But today, races were won by people like Judmont and, and you know, Sheikh Mohammed. So you're racing against people who literally own oil wells and airlines. And if you can get to win, like Nature Strip did, a race at Ascot, any race at Ascot, because there's only 35 of them, it's a massive deal. And yes, it's a massive deal to win a race at Addington or Rickerton or Flemington during cup time. But it's not like you go around to people and say, I had a cup week winner. That doesn't... Oh, I, prob- I probably would, so but... Yeah, point taken. You're, yeah, you're yeah, might, yeah. You, might, but, but <laughs> you have a Royal Ascot winner, and, yeah. and you have been racing the Shakes yeah. and people who own Qatar and some pretty serious stuff. And that's part of it, because the stake money is not astronomical compared to Australia. But I was here with Andrew Forsman this week. He stayed with me, and he's quite a hard marker. He said, geez, I'd love to come back here. He said, imagine coming back here with Aegon for the mile or doing something. And I said to him, yes, I said, mate, forget that. Imagine coming back here and winning. He said, oh, that that is unbelievable. It just has that allure on people that it just feels different from anything else. I think I've been racing in about 40 countries, and I've never seen it. I've been to the Kentucky Derby. I've been to the Melbourne Cup. I've been to the Everest. I've been to those things. There's nothing like this, and you try and say that to people. And I said it to my brother, and I said it to Forsman, and they're like, wow, I didn't get it. And yeah. it's really hard to explain just what it is. Yeah, look, I, wait, look I, I, I can understand as much as someone who probably hasn't been there, but you painted a wonderful picture, Mick. And actually, we spoke to George Simon, Smithy and me, a couple of days ago, who's over here, and he mentioned that, you know, Forsman and yourself were here. And well, I asked George, I said, George, do you ever think we might be able to have a point in the next decade or so when a, an Andrew Forsman or a... A Jamie Richards. We get a New Zealander who is doing it on the big stage. And we had Chris Waller, but he's been gone for so long that, you know, Nature Strip kind of felt a little bit disconnected, even though James McDonald and, and obviously Steve Hansen were involved. But do you think we could get to a point where we could have a Kiwi fighting it out on the big stage? And it's so promising to hear that Forsman's kind of had the penny, penny drop to him. I would love to be able to support a Kiwi over there doing it a real Kiwi way. Well, and and speak, well, speaking well, really- of, mate, yep. That, 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 that equation goes both ways. Here's something which you may not have heard. Now, obviously, we're talking about the potential relaunch of Ellerslie coming up in January, and we're talking about $3 million races on the same day, one of which could even be higher than that. I was talking to Sir Peter Valley yesterday. I said, you know who you need to be here to give this the gravitas it deserves? Because J-Mac will be here. So will Damien Lane. So Peter looked me straight in the eye and he said, Frankie. He said, we need to get Frankie. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were overtures made to get Frankie Tory to come to the Karaka Million. Is, does Frankie have a Kiwi wife? Is, am, I, am I making that up? That, or does that, he is, have correct. A, that, is, yeah. that, that is correct, which absolutely helps. And he's going to go right in California, but there's no major races there in January. Um, yes. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm Paul Wilcox <laughs> listening to this and, 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 and Andrew Seabrook, and I'm thinking, well, let's get this together. Imagine Caracamillion, Ellerslie, next January, J-Mac, Opie, Damien Lane, and Frankie. This would be the first time ever this would happen. It would be the only time it's ever happened that New Zealand would be the centre of the racing world. There's nothing else to big on that weekend. It would be the biggest race meeting in the world would be in New Zealand. Now, that... Is something to aspire to. Oh, 
Jeez, me up just hearing about it. Um, before we let you go, I asked the punters double eight, double three, and you can keep your texts coming in. Kiwi horses that won at Ascot, Royal Ascot, that are standing at stud currently. Can you think of any off the top of your head? Well, Little Bridge was bred in New Zealand. He won in 2012. Uh, yeah. I thought he was a gelding, but, but he might be standing at stud. But um, when you say Kiwi horses, you mean bred or trained? No, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let me rephrase that. Uh, st- new horses standing in stud in New Zealand that won at Royal Ascot. Uh, Royal Ascot. Standing at stud. Oh, oh hello, Yumzane. Obviously. Ah, freakish. Uh, he's freakish. He's done it. <laughs> Straight off yeah, the bat. He, he, he won of the Cambridge stud colours and, and Brendan Lindsay drank about four bottles of champagne the next day and fell asleep. But uh, yeah, hello, Yumes, <laughs> standing at stud. And, um, and he won, he won the, the, the Jubilee. Actually, I think, it was, I think it was the year there was no crowd there. But he was in the Cambridge stud colours. And as I said, after that preamble I've just given you, to think they won the, the Jubilee, which is now the QE2 Jubilee, um, you know, in their colours... Incredible, really, for considering Joe and Brendan hadn't had a, more than one group. Well, they had Marky Mark with their first group winner 15 years ago. They hadn't had another one until about five years ago. So, um, yeah, that's my best answer to that question. Yeah, and it's if, too good. And a text just came through, Matt, you'll love that. Pity took a horse there. That was only a couple of years ago. Enzo's lad. Yeah, oh, that's right, he did Enzo's too. Enzo's lad, I tell you what, pit, 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 it raced Tuesday and Saturday, handled himself well. I went about eighth and tenth, and, and Pity handled himself really well on the big stage. He, he sold, sold New Zealand Racing well, did a great job. So I was, I actually paid for myself to go there, um, and it was a wonderful occasion. So Pity did himself proud that day. Yeah, he, of course, he famously had a horse in Winx's last Cox Plate as well. Um, so there you go. They don't, they don't mind travelling the Pitlands. Uh, Mick, great to chat. You sound like you're having a great time. Go get some rest before the last day, and we'll see if J-Mac can come up with some wizardry on Artorias. Boys. I've stayed sober till 10 o'clock in Friday night at Ascot on a Friday night so I could do the stuff for you. I'm not going to go get some sleep. <laughs> a great man. Enjoy yourself. There you go. The brand. Michael. Hashtag brand. Hashtag brand. Just brand, <laughs> not the brand. No, no. Hashtag brand. Brand. There must be an inside joke there. We'll get that from you in a wee bit. Thad Taylor's coming out from TAB. Great text steaming in on double eight, double three. We're going to get to all of these. Uh, yes, a couple of people picked up Hello Yumzane on the text machine. And remember Circus Maximus as well. Surely Thad's boosting us something nice at Rickerton today. Boost. Let's find Love out. Love a boost. We'll get to Thad up after this.